Hello and welcome to another edition of the Hoop Scoop Pod. My name is Nate with my pod pal Phil. Hello there. And we are back to you guys another edition of the Hoop Scoop Podcast. We're going to talk about the most interesting things that happened this past week, the things that are developing in the league. We got some injury stuff. We got some team stuff. It should be a good time and I'm ready to go. As am I. So let's start out with what I think is probably some of the biggest injury news we've gotten this year. And... Nothing that's too surprising, but it's the fact that Blake Griffin is going to undergo knee surgery and will miss, as they say, an extended period of time, which I think most people are expecting to be the whole season. So Detroit, not in the best situation right now. They're paying Blake Griffin a lot hmm, of money. I wonder who called that. He's not playing basketball. Never a good time when the player that you're paying over $30 million isn't even on the floor. So, Phil, what was your initial reaction to this news? What does this mean for the franchise, for Blake from the player? Just give it to me. Give I was a little straight. surprised because, as you know, I did not peg the, the Pistons to be to be the high-risers that people were expecting. Or at least, like, in the, the mediocrity. I thought they were going to be down the dungeons, and they're pretty much down there. They're bottom feeders. But I thought they were going to trade Blake Griffin somewhere. Probably my, my pie-in-the-sky theory was Blazers, but... Obviously, that's not happening anymore. So I think it's interesting that, from what I'm hearing, it sounds like they're trying to break it down, but they're trying to build around Griffin. <clears throat> so I guess they're assuming he's going to come back fully healthy, even though he's had, like, two or three surgeries, and he's come back healthy for, like, stints every time. But I don't know. They're just going to get pieces and parts and try to go at it again next year and fight for that mediocrity. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, you more so expected this to happen. I oh, I know. Detroit was going to be a little more competitive this year, to be honest. I, I liked them last year. I thought that um, their performance that they put up against the Bucks in the playoffs, I thought that they were better than that during the season. Blake Griffin, by playoff time last year, he was playing on one leg, hobbling up and down the floor. He was not his full self. And clearly, from there was not a single game this year where he was um, his full self. Clearly, this is a guy that is not at the apex of his career anymore, um, who's not just going to be a reliable part of your team. As sad as it is, he's just not – he's not able not capable. To yeah, he can't hold on to it. Yeah, he can't he, – he doesn't have the durability. Um, and he's done a lot to kind of adjust his game where he isn't fully dependent on his athleticism, and I give him a lot of props Yeah, no, for he's that. not a bouncy boy anymore. He still is, but that's not just what he's known for. Yeah. He, he has a lot more to, to add, but clearly if he just can't play, he can't run up and down. Um, it's an unfortunate situation for Detroit. I When they made the trade, everyone was kind of scratching their head, and I get why people were. But the way I saw it was the Pistons have been just in a really gray and boring um, state of basketball, really, for the last you know 10 years, honestly. Since their, since their championship days with the – you know, those defensive Pistons teams with Ben Wallace and Chauncey Billups and Rasheed Wallace, Rich Hamilton, you know, back when they won the NBA title in, I believe, 2004. Um, it has been pretty gray in Detroit. They haven't had a lot of things to be excited about. So I think that they got Blake Griffin as some kind of, you know, excitement factor, something to get the fans to games, even though they knew they weren't going to be a title contender. At least they had a player that they could market. Yeah, I think they realistically thought they could be in the hunt in the playoffs and maybe 
if something breaks even, they could probably get to the conference final. That was their pie in the sky again. Just yeah. big hopes. But uh, the yeah. Pistons were all just big hopes. They thought Blake Griffin could really just carry them to maybe just a good run in the playoffs because that's all the, the fans really want to see right now. Because realistically, they're not thinking yeah. like, oh, championship or bust. They're like, I just want to see some, some good basketball. Wouldn't that be so bad? Yeah, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, but clearly, this is like worst-case scenario for the Pistons. Right. Um, Tires have fallen Blake off. Is, yeah, Blake is on the books for next season, and then he has a player option – for the season after that, which I assume he's going to opt into because he's not going to be making $39 million anywhere else, which is what he'll be due that season. Um, and then he'll be an unrestricted free agent the next year. Hmm. So I just had a little there... crazy idea. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say this is, this is fact, but if okay. all I'm saying is next season, I mean, if this Rockets kind of duo doesn't work out, do you see the Rockets kind of swindling a deal? Because they don't want to – realistically, taking Blake Griffin is not going to be crazy good for you. They're not going to get so much in return. But if you just take Griffin and get rid of Westbrook, that's just less years off of your <clears> – off of the time you got to spend on a heavy contract that they can then dole out a year later into different people. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't th- yeah. I mean, it sounds crazy on the surface, but I understand what you're saying. I think it. I think it depends what Blake Griffin's going to look like, though. He has to be, because I don't think his career is over. He's going to. No, yeah, he'll be good. But I mean, realistically, if he were to be traded to a contender, he would not be relied upon for like the minutes, the average minutes he does, or the points he does, because you don't know what's going to happen. He's been generally unreliable playing wise. When he's on the court, he's productive. But when he's not, is the question because he's typically not. Yeah, we. I mean, we we have to see at this point though. Um, what he's gonna look like on the court, though, because I think I think it's it's now no longer can you stay on the court. It's can you be a productive player? Because I mean, he he's pretty much gonna miss his whole entire year. Because even when he was playing, he didn't look like himself. So next year is gonna be the test to see if if Blake Griffin can still play in the NBA. Because I think he'll be fine I'm, personally. I, I think he will be too, but. It's it, it hasn't it hasn't been a smooth twelve months. Yeah, like the the question will definitely um, pop up. So I I think if he can come back and prove that, and obviously he's not going to be the superstar self that he was a few years ago, but if he can come back and prove that he's still a solid player, like you know a fringe star level player that could help an NBA team, then yeah, I could see a team like the Rockets doing that if this Westbrook Harden experiment um, flames out. But if he's going to be a non factor, then they're not just going to throw away Westbrook for nothing. Um, but we'll you see. know it's interesting. It's the Pistons are kind of playing a little Knicks game where they just grab ghosts of future All Stars past and they just kind of flop them on a court. Blake Griffin, Derrick Rose. <laughs> well, Derrick Rose, Derrick Rose can play. Don't get me wrong, but they there's no reason for him to be there. They're a bad team where Derrick Rose is getting his numbers, and it seems like he's going to stay there because they want him there. Like it seems like Detroit is really just trying to name grab and be like, "Oh, we have Derrick Rose, we have we have Blake Griffin." Well, now that well, they're they're well, Detroit's trying to, I think, go for more of a reboot now. With I think I think it's built telling. around Luke Kennard and Siku Dumbaya. Well, they're they're trying. I think for once they want to be back in the draft, and I think it's telling by the fact that they're shopping Andre Drummond. Um, I talked about this on last week's pod with 
Drummond be on the mm-hmm. block and Atlanta being involved, which is like a really peculiar team. I heard they're going but, after Adams. You probably saw that. Steven Adams? Yeah, they, apparently there was like a deal in place and there were, all the Hawks had to do was put in a first rounder and they were like, no, we don't want to because they'd rather have Steven Adams over Andre Drummond, which me personally, I'd probably agree with. Yeah, I'd probably rather have Adams and Drummond yeah. too. That's interesting. I didn't hear that one. Um, I think Adams is a little younger than Drummond. I think it's 25 to 26. Like Adams is 25, Drummond's 26. Yeah. Realistically, do you think Adams could become an all-star in the East? Uh, I mean, maybe. I mean, if you got Trey Young feeding you on lobs from pick and rolls, I feel like he could probably average a modest yeah. 17 and 10, 11. Yeah, but if the Hawks are going to be winning – 20 games, they're not going to get two all-stars. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong on that. They definitely have to win some games. But, I mean, if they have a duo like that and one of their guys pops, it doesn't look like it's going to be Cam Reddish, but you never know. But if one of their guys just really pops, like Kevin Huerter, DeAndre Hunter, one of them, just one's got a hit. It's a scratchy lottery. One's got a hit. Yeah, I mean, and, and odds are Atlanta's going to have a really high pick this That's year, true. too. So, um, we'll see. We'll see what they're gonna build. It, I thought the drumming thing was weird, though. Yeah, no doubt. Um, but I, th- I think Detroit. I think they're kind of gonna, in a sense, fold this whole contention experiment because this Blake Griffin thing is really proving to be a bust. Even though I knew, I understand where they were going, what they were going for. They're pretty much missing a whole year of it. Who knows what next year's gonna right. look like? They gotta start. They have to start accumulating assets in some way. In some way, accumulating some kind of young players. I mean, I know they have a couple, but you know, so- something has to give. And sometimes you just got to grow up. Yeah, you know, they're kind of fooling themselves. Yeah. I get it. They wanted to, you know, put a product on the floor that would get people excited. They did that. Credit to them. They did do that for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, they were in the playoffs last year, and again, I think they were better than the than how they played against Milwaukee. I mean, I don't think Blake Griffin even played in the first two games of the, of the playoffs. I think you're right, yeah. Just, I know he definitely missed he the first hurt. one. I don't know if it was both. Yeah, and then when he came back, I mean, he was hobbling up right. and down. He had, like, this thing on his knee. He had that Gronk I mean, thing. Just, yeah, that's like, that's unfortunate for them where, you know, you finally get to a playoff series and, you know, your, your, your guy who you're, who you're paying to – be the guy. Well, your guy, you want to be the guy, is unable to do it. Not to his fault. Yeah. Just happens. Yeah. So it's 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 unfortunate. It's not working out, but we'll see how that develops. Um, I want to pivot a little bit, Phil, to more relevant NBA teams. Sorry, Detroit. It's just the way it is. Um, <laughs> in both in both the East and the West, I want so in both the East and the West playoff pictures, you have. Your top team, the Bucks and the Lakers, who are kind of mm-hmm. separate themselves in the pack in terms of the standings, at least. Um, and then you have like your bottom-ish tier playoff teams in the East. Yeah. It's in the East, it's Orlando, and then the West, it's uh, you know even the Thunder are playing really good basketball. I think they're a good team. I don't think that people think they're as um, as dangerous as some of those teams ahead of them. So in the West, it would be like the Thunder. Grizzlies, and then a bunch of teams that are all looking to get in the playoffs, so like Spurs, Blazers, Suns, pretty much every team but the Warriors, honestly. Um, crazy, the Pelicans are only three and a half out of the playoffs, which is crazy. Good. But, uh, the West is 
interesting this year. I thought it was going to be another West is yeah, the, West is king of the crop. A lot of teams that people thought were going to make some noise and you know just be like a good team on a game to game basis that give anybody a good run. I mean, first of all, the Warriors are terrible, which people didn't think this Curry thing was going to happen, so that threw things kind of for a loop. And then yeah. the Pelicans have been bad. The Kings have been a lot worse than people thought. Um, I think a lot of bad teams we expected to be bad, at least, got off to hot starts, and now they're kind of cratering back to the earth. Suns, Timberwolves. Yeah, the Blazers have also been very disappointing. Um, and the Spurs, oh, yeah. And the Spurs have also been pretty bad. You can't, like, nobody really ever predicts the Spurs to be below 500, but they've been bad. So They've any, been bad, but they're still not too far off. No, they're not, exactly, like, they're the only team that's out of it in the West right now, I think, is the Warriors. Warriors. Yeah, yeah. everybody else. Um, but anyway, so in both conferences, there's kind of a log jam in the middle of the playoff picture, though. There's a few teams that are kind of, you know, neck and neck and trying to elevate themselves. Um, in the East, I got Boston, Miami, Toronto, Philly, Indiana. That's the two through six, and that's separated by a total of three games. And in the West, I got Utah – Clippers, Rockets, Nuggets, Mavericks, also separated by three games. Um, the Jets right. through the Nuggets, <clears throat> the two through five, is all separated by a half game. And then the Mavs are a little bit further back, um, eight games back in the first place, which is two and a half behind the Nuggets. Um, so, And I think you remember me talking about this, because by the time the playoffs come around, it's really going to matter where people are. For sure. And right now the, Nug- the Jazz are on top. If the Nuggets or Rockets swoop up onto the Clippers just because Paul George or Kawhi is sitting or resting or they just want to take off like end of the season kind of thing, that's going to lead into Clippers being four. And if the Lakers stay where they are, they're one. Bracketology, they're going to be playing each other in the second round probably. And like neither, only one of them is going to get to the conference finals, which is I just crazy. For sure. Um, it's also really important, I think. I think in both conferences, the two seed is going to be very highly coveted because. A, you're going to play one of those lesser teams um, in the right. East would be probably Orlando and Brooklyn, which are, you know... You don't teams. think Brooklyn's going to rise a little bit when Kyrie yeah. comes back? I mean, I think they'll be better, but I don't I don't see them getting to, like, Indiana's level. Which, which yeah, I could see it happening. I don't really expect it, but, I mean, I, don't, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I don't Because Kyrie comes back, they could realistically go on... What's their schedule? They could realistically go on probably another, like, a five-game winning streak, and then... Brooklyn also Pretty has a schedule coming up. Kyrie actually came back today. They're killing. Brooklyn's them. got a tough schedule coming up. Yeah. You are right. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're beating the brakes off the Hawks today, but they got. Yeah, that's nothing. But their next. That's not a. Next five games: Utah, Philly, Bucks, Philly, Lakers. So. Let's see what they're made of. See if Dinwiddie can get some buckets. Yeah, I don't know. I, listen, I don't think Brooklyn's. They're gonna. They're a playoff team, but I don't put them. I still think that the, the teams that I named earlier are kind of a step ahead of them. Mm-hmm. But so, but I, I just think the two C's are going to be very highly coveted because, A, you're going to play one of those lesser teams, and then, B, you get out of the side with either the Bucks or Lakers, um, which I think, although I personally don't think the Lakers are the best team in the West, they're, they're, they've been playing the best basketball, and I could understand why teams would be the most afraid of them. They, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, we'll start with the East. Which team do you think it's most important to grab to, to elevate themselves? Risers and fallers, baby. Oh, yeah. word. 
Um, I'd probably have to go with, um, I mean, if I'm the Raptors, realistically, obviously the Sixers got to go up, which will come naturally. I wouldn't put like a warning label on them yet because I think everything will be fine. They'll just need to figure it out. Also, Embiid has a 90-degree finger, so that's going to take a little bit. Yeah, that was nasty. Once he comes back, they'll just naturally just go up in the rankings. But I think if the Raptors really want to make a run in the playoffs, they don't want to be facing Milwaukee in the second round because they're a good team. They're a very solid team, yeah. and they can beat most people just kind of wearing them down and just being a consistent team that doesn't like do anything crazy. They're going to make, make their shots. They've got guys that know how to play the game. Nick Nurse is a great coach. But – they could possibly get to the conference finals if the bracket just shakes out the right way. Because if Milwaukee and the Sixers are in the same bracket and Bucks and Heat or Bucks and Celtics and Heat are all in the same one, then they could get a good shake on that and they could meet uh, Bucks or Philly in the conference finals. Yeah. Probably Philly, but still. Yeah, I would agree that Philly, it's it's vital. Um not just because I think, honestly, out of all these teams, Philly probably has the most pressure on them this year, but um, it's also just it's gonna it's gonna wear on you when you play these other teams, um, and that's why the the run that they're kind of going through right now, like yeah, it's January basketball, but it's like it's very important these games, yeah, and they've they've lost some pretty important games, also games that could be accounted for in tiebreakers. They they recently lost the the Pacers. They lost to the Heat. Um, these these are games that are going to matter at the end of the year when you're kind of looking at the standings and seeing where they're going to end up. Um, so they have an important stretch of basketball coming up. Really, I'd say the Sixers have a very fortunate set of basketball coming up because they have realistically like one uh, good team, and and then like it's a ratio is like one to four. Like they're playing the Pacers. And the Nets, Bulls, Knicks, and then the Lakers, and then the Nets, Warriors, Raptors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the Hawks. Like, they have a good stretch of time where they can kind of get rolling and find their footing again. Yeah. Um, also, it's lucky that Embiid will be out during this time. Yeah. It'll, de- it'll definitely be telling. Um, it'll be interesting to see who kind of steps up in Embiid's absence. Simmons is for Ferd. Simmons has had some big uh, games recently, but as always, kind of inconsistent. Um, How dare you? I'm sorry. Just the way it is. Um, do you see any teams that could maybe fall out of that Eastern Conference tier? and Or do you, do you think that's the, that's the next set after the Bucks? Uh, you mean fall out of like the top tier, or just like fall out of the playoffs? Not the playoffs, but yeah, like a team that maybe we're giving too much credit to. Because to me, right now, the way the East looks, it's Bucks and then those five teams, and those five teams are, if they played a series, I think would be a competitive game. I know you like the Sixers. Um, I have faith in the because if they're at full strength, I think it's pretty easily Sixers over Bucks. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll, remains to be seen. Remains to be seen, but I've been right so far on most things. But we'll just. How about not counting the Sixers because we know your thoughts on them long term? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Didn't you say about Christmas Day? Mm -hmm. If the Sixers beat the Bucks, you'd be doing some sort of cinnamon challenge. I did say that. We have it on recording for proof. Well, you have to give me a date to perform it on, and I'll do it tomorrow. How about I'll do it in Boston? 
Oh, good idea. Do it at uh, TD Garden. In front of the, in front of the stadium? <laughs> no, do it in the stadium. In the arena? When you go to get, like, bag checked, they'll be like, why do you have center? Like, oh, it's a long story. I'll do it in front of the arena. All right, word. Okay. Um, yeah, that was a tough That was a tough game. Not I think, for me. That, I think that was the first game. I, I think that was the worst game I've seen Giannis play, honestly. Well, don't you think it's a little indicative of how he's able to play when he has – because realistically, there are three guys that can guard uh, Giannis. And once you kind of put the clamps on him, the wheels fall off because Eric Bledsoe's not getting you anything. Dante DiVincenzo? It's ridiculous. Um, Chris Middleton? He's, I mean, he's a great shooter, but he's not going to be able to create for himself or others. Brooke Lopez? The guy's a mountain. He doesn't move. He just shoots threes. Do you want to know who I think would be the perfect player for the Milwaukee Bucks right now? Chris Paul? Yeah. Yep. I agree. Is there any way, there any way they could do that? Uh, I mean, Chris, Eric Bledsoe realistically had a contract that matches it. Yeah, they the, add, Thunder, would need something. Thunder would need some kind of asset. I mean, the Bucks don't trade first-round picks, so they realistically have a haul they could give. I wouldn't say, like, a haul they would probably have to give, but they would have to probably send, like, maybe, like, two second-rounders and a first-rounder, or maybe a first-rounder and a protected first-rounder. But, I mean, if I were the Bucks, why wouldn't you do that? Because, realistically, who are they taking, picking up in the draft? Do you think the Thunder would – I mean, the Thunder are playing better than most people thought they would, even though I know you and I were pretty high in them preseason. But do you think they would do that? Do you think they – do you think they're still – Thinking about trading some. Oh yeah, I think Presti's always trying to move forward while kind of staying, you know, positive right now. And I think like if people saw people see the return of like the team that they have, and realistically, if he can turn this good, pretty solid team into maybe a struggling lottery team by the end, just because he traded away Gallinari or Nerlens Noel or uh, Chris Paul, then and just turn into assets, I think no. No one in that fan base or organization would complain. They'd be like, wow, okay. Like, we know you can construct a team. This was well done. And you even flip this into more assets that we can use later down the road when we actually need them. Yeah. I, I, I truly think that Chris Paul would be a complete game changer for them. Yeah. No, Eric I agree. Had a nice year, but Chris Paul can clearly still play. And I think he'd be the perfect fit with Giannis as point guard who could, A, shoot consistently and also take some of the load off of Giannis in terms of his playmaking, um, I would love to see that. And I'd, I'd also love to see Chris Paul just on a contender. Because I think he I think would he be nice. And he's still okay. He, I, Chris I, Paul I mean, always gets the, no pun intended, short end of the stick. But it is what it is. Yeah, I'd love to see that. But it is what it is. We'll see what happens. Um, let's yep. talk about the West for a second, Phil. So the West, it's kind of where you have the Lakers who are playing above everybody else at this point. Um, you have that little log jam of Jazz, Clippers, Rockets, Nuggets, and then Mavericks also. Mavericks are, are playing around there. They're playing yeah. around in the area. So, previously, uh, similarly to what we just talked about, which team do you think is important to rise up? Uh, I'll probably have to go with, <clears throat> I'd say like the Nuggets, because realistically, if they're going in that 4-5 slot, they don't want to play the Rockets. They don't want to play the Clippers if they slip, which I think might be very possible because the Rockets are right on their heels and Clippers are going to be a load management kind of ball, ball team. 
So I think realistically, at the end of the day, if they can slip up to that four three spot, <clears throat> maybe do some damage with the Jazz, kind of dance around with the Jazz in the playoffs, it'd be better for them because they just have the guys to just go after Utah. Obviously, yeah. no one's guarding LeBron, no one's guarding Kawhi, but if you get after Utah and you pick your spots, like you, so you can find someone and just you can find two guys to cover Donovan Mitchell. You have Rudy Gobert. It's going to be a problem, but. You can find ways around it because you can just stretch them out on the floor with Jokic. So, you know? Yeah. I, I, I think I think Houston's a team that that should really be looking to move up. Obviously, everybody's looking to move up. But I think it's – I think Houston particularly, it's – if they can somehow get up to the two, I think it would be huge for them. Yeah. There's just some teams that I think really benefit from easy first-round playoff series. And I feel like Houston's one of them. Maybe, and this is kind of just like speculative, but they're just such like a rhythm team. It's uh, true. They're, they're a they pendulum. Rely, they're swinging. And they rely so much on their shooting that I think if they could kind of get their confidence up, get. When, um, is, when does Eric Gordon come back? Do you know? Is he already back? He might be. I'm not sure. But I think, I, when you talk about three point shooting, if they can get him back, that would be huge. Get back yeah. soon. I know. I'm pretty sure he's coming back soon. Um, I think he's back. But he's been. He's definitely he's, playing. Yeah, you're right. He's playing. Yeah. But I also think just in terms of the Harden Westbrook dynamic, because obviously the playoffs are a different beast, and getting some of that experience, them working off each other in more high stakes games with defense is more consistent. I think it really be beneficial to the way they play when it comes to more competitive games and games that are really going to matter, like the second like the second round. Mm-hmm. Um, if they could get a series against the Thunder or the 8 seed, which is not going to happen because the Lakers look locked being the 8. Yeah. But um, whoever that 7 seed is, and the Thunder is not going to be a really easy game. They play good basketball, but they don't have as much firepower as the teams we just mentioned. So I just think it would be a good opportunity for them to get into the rhythm a little bit before they get into those, you know, higher leverage games against teams that are really going to push them. If they get stuck in a, in a first-round series against Utah or even Denver, who has underperformed at times this year, but it's still put together a pretty good year and clearly has a lot of cohesion because they're – Right, even when they're not clicking, those, they're still good. Yeah, and Denver also, I think, out of all the teams we named – that that core has been together for the longest, and they're Definitely. gonna be together for a lot longer. Let's be real; yeah. they've got their windows a lot wider than, say, the Clippers. Clippers got three years. That's it. Yeah, Den- I mean, Denver's like an actual team. Like we don't see a lot of these because of the free agent movement, but they're like an actual core that have been built, and I think are growing together, which is kind of cool to see. Um, with with the help from the Knicks. Because that Jamal Murray pick is from New York, from the Carmelo Anthony trade. Is it from New York? It's the last piece from the Carmelo Anthony trade. Really? I remember because I was like, that guy, Jamal Murray, he's pretty good at Kentucky. I wish we had that pick. Oh, well, he'll probably not be that good in the NBA. And there you go. He's pretty all right. Wow. I don't even know that. Um, but, yeah. I know I think... all the Knicks slander, baby. You do. There's so much. <laughs> There's a lot. It's a lot to co- to comb through. Um, but I think but speaking about that eighth seed, sorry, you want to say something? No, I'm good. Eighth seed. 
I was going to say, speaking about that eighth seed in the West, do you think there's anybody that's going to fall into the eighth seed or there's going to be some team that rises into it? I ain't, I ain't giving up on the Pelicans. I refuse to. Interesting. Sleepy dog, sleepy dog stays woke. I get it. The problem with the Pelicans is they don't play defense. They, mm-hmm. just, like, they just don't like playing defense, and they're really bad at playing defense. So that's going to – that's usually – Don't play defense. Um, it's I'm just look so, I mean they give they give up points to everybody. I mean they just give up 140 to the Celtics. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I think that the Pelicans I've liked the Pelicans all year. Clearly they've underperformed. I uh, just think that they have they have talent. I mean, what's I their next? What's talent? their schedule looking like? Because if they have a cruising schedule, it could be good things for Sleepy Dog and the gang. But it does that's, not. That's, it doesn't seem too easy. Pistons, Jazz, Clippers, Grizzlies, Spurs. Not too easy. They got Nuggets right oh. after that. You cut off at five because you were like, oh, that seems pretty easy. You sneaky. <laughs> well, then, yeah, I don't know. It's up and down. They're going to have some easy games. Some. It'll be interesting to see the, that last spot, though. Like This is a race that can go on for the end of the year. On the end of the year, there's like a few things. Or because a lot of teams are already out, mm-hmm. a lot of teams already clinched their spot. That eighth seed can really be up for grabs. I mean, I, it's crazy the amount of teams that are competing for it. <laughs> like even in the East, pretty big discrepancy. Um, Excuse me. Even in the East, the Magic are four games ahead of the Hornets, which is something. But in the West, it's just it's just a clusterfuck of shit. You sneezing over there? Sorry about that. Fighting the cold, maybe. <laughs> You're like LeBron. Hey, man. I do what I got for, for the gang. LeBron's been missing those games. All eight of you listening, you're welcome. <laughs> oh, also, to do some due diligence, I Googled what I was talking about before Jamal Murray and the trade. It is correct. Uh-huh. Also, I didn't know this. Sorry about that. Wow. Let me just get louder. Also, the Knicks had the ninth overall pick. I don't know how they had two picks. I'm trying to look at it. They have, yeah, this is the Jamal Murray one was from the, uh, Jamal Murray one was from the uh, Carmelo Anthony trade, and then this one was from, Oh, God. I apologize. Once it gets rolling, it's rolling. The Knicks used the ninth pick that they got from Denver in that trade um, to send to Toronto for the Andre Bargnani. Oh, wow. So the Knicks mixed out on Jamal Murray and who would have been drafted there, but Jakob Pertl. Pertl. Jakob Pertl was taken? Yep. And then two spots later was the Mananza Sabalonis. Sabaloni, yes. Wow. Interesting. And then the, do you remember Wade Baldwin? Oh, I was so high on him. Really? I was in, I was like, oh my god! Like his wingspan goes on forever. He'll be he'll be a stud. I can yeah. be wrong sometimes. I'll admit it. <laughs> I'm still waiting Absolutely. on Wade Baldwin to blow up, but until that day, I will I will die at the cross for him. All right. Yeah. Happens. <laughs> it does. Well, that's how the league is looking right now, Phil. Yeah. And um, next week. I think it's time, Phil, for our All Star. Finally, that- I've been I've been yeah. putting Frank in there every day. 
Exactly. I think the 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 starters and captains are named on the twenty third. So next next week's got to be our all star selection pod. All right, that's be. fine by me. I, I, yeah, I'm so ready and raring to go. I'm ready to go as well. Do you have any uh, surprises, or are you run of the mill? Oh, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm not saying. I'm not it. saying who, but I'm just saying. Do you have any juicy stuff? You should say yes, and people want to listen to the pot, obviously. <laughs> well, I'll say this: I don't think that it's all set in stone yet. I think that this next week is gonna. I have some neck and neck races. Mm. Yeah. So I'll interesting. Say. We will see. There you go. Well, that concludes another episode of the Hoop Scoop Pod. My name is Nate with my pod pal, Phil. It's bowl time, baby. It's bowl time, baby, and that will do that. So if you guys like our content, follow us on Twitter at Hoop Scoop Pod. Listen to our podcast on all Smash that like button. platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all of them. or the Anchor app. And as always, catch us next week for another scoop. If you're feeling nice, listen to it twice. Of the Hoop.